0: Um You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Welcome on into the 47th, aka the Nathan Gary episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. Now, I was going to do a, the Trey Burton episode, but I decided that I'm not going to make it the Trey Burton episode because while he wore 47 for the first couple years of his career here he was a super bowl champion wearing number 88 so can't do can't do trey burden so i chose nathan gary who obviously wasn't a a main contributor to the super bowl champion philadelphia eagles team last year but this year he's factoring in and is going to be a a big part of this team as they go back to back back-to-back Super Bowl champs. So, um, yeah, the the Counterpoint podcast brought to you by the Go Birds podcast, or how we call it here on the Counterpoint podcast, GB's podcast. So, uh, still getting used to the name, still figuring it out, but uh, welcome back. I did this in back-to-back weeks, uh, recording this on a Monday. I'm remaining faithful during football season. I'm not taking time off. I promise I will be here, and the podcast will be out on Tuesdays going forward for the rest of the season so uh we are back the counterpoint is back we finally have eagles preseason football which i'm always so excited for and then I, the, the game actually starts and it's like oh my god this is horrible but the great part about preseason football is that you get mike mayock and scott graham and mike mayock i i i love mike mayock during draft season like mike Mack during draft season there's no other person I'd rather hear than what Mike Mayock has to say. Uh, I think he's smart, and like he's exactly what I want from a color, color commentator. Like he is, he, he actually breaks down the game. It feels like you're actually learning something when you're when you're watching the games, which I didn't think was possible except when Mayock is doing it. So Mayock season is back. Uh, I I love Mike Mayock, and when Mike Mayock does games, I really appreciate Scott Graham. Obviously, a, a true professional, a former Phillies announcer, great. So um, on today's show, we have. Jack's Headlines, of course. There's a lot to get to. A lot of important stuff to get to, as always. Uh, I ha- The Eagles are, are, are heading up to New England this week. I feel like this has just been underplayed in the whole entire city. The Eagles are heading up to Gillette Stadium on Thursday. And I have a breakdown of what I want Doug to wear. And, of course, we have the CounterPoint Mailbag, as always, which you can, you can always email at CounterPointMailbag at gmail.com. So, Jack's Headlines... Eagles play. It was a beautiful night for football. Uh, it was very Augusty. It was like hot, humid, all that stuff. They, they came out for those about to rock, which always just makes it move a little bit. Cause it's just, yeah, you know, that, that song gets me fired up. It, it just, it is football season for me. That's when I know the Eagles are back. Cause when for the, for those about to rock is, is rocking. Um, and you know, there, there wasn't much to take away. Like obviously, obviously, uh, like, like Sudfeld threw the the pick early, which is bad. Second one probably wasn't on him. Uh, Sheldon Gibson looks like he had a pulse, which is cool. Uh, the main thing I took away from that, uh, the, the one, the two things I took away from it, one is that Dallas Goddard is going to be freaking amazing, and like I I just I I cannot stop thinking about Ertz and Goddard in the red zone, and just how and like just how Doug is going to use. A weapon like Dallas Goddard, it's it's truly not fair. The, what, what Dallas Goddard brings this offense is going to be like Trey Burton on steroids. And I know it sucks they lost Brent Selleck from a from a blocking and leadership standpoint, but the upside of Dallas Goddard, who looks like it looks like Travis Kelsey out there, along with Zach Gertz, who was a top three tight end in the league, it's like well, how are teams going to stop this? To go along without like like I get so excited thinking about the Eagles' offense just because of. how how what they accomplished last year you also you have doug who's one of the best offensive minds in football and i just forget about how ridiculous the defense is too like fletcher cox looked like a man against boy like fletcher cox just completely destroyed a a pro bowl guard like it's it's not even this team is so loaded like they are just so dumb loaded that like man if you don't think this team. If you don't think they're going back to the Super Bowl, like it's just, what are you watching? Like what? Like what? What? Are, what are you watching? Like sure, that could be a fluke game, but this team is the most talented, talented team in the league, and they have they have guys that know how to play the game. They just they are so stupid loaded at almost every single position. They have their only hole is maybe linebacker, and that's it. And that's only because you don't know what you're going to get from Hicks, health wise other than that it's just like every other position is loaded they're competitive they still feel like they're they've been underappreciated as like the 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 stupid national media has just read this whole thing completely wrong if you read the national media on the eagles it's like well it was sort of fluky and whatever and it's just like what what are you watching like what in what fucking world is this team fluky (laughs) Like they have all the talent they have one of the best coaches in the league they have a, an MVP quarterback coming back they have a, a Hall of Fame left tackle coming back and they have Jordan Hicks coming back to add to a team that just won the Super Bowl like I'm sorry but look like, what like how is this team going to be worse it just it's this team is this team is ridiculous uh, another thing I took away from the Pittsburgh game is I don't know when it's going to happen I don't know if it's going to be next season or, or two seasons from now but Jordan Mailata is going to be freaking good Like, he is going to be good. Like, I understand he had a bad first series or whatever, but for the rest of the game, that dude was just mauling people. And this is a guy that's never played football before. For a guy that's never played football before, to just be, like, mauling people in his first game at left tackle, like, this guy's going to be ridiculous in two years. I am so excited for Jordan. Jordan Mailata. Like he's got a long way to go, just learning the game, learning the craft. But dude, you're learning it from a guy like Jason Peters, who who's basically a coach on the field. You have Lane Johnson, you have Stefan Wisniewski, Jason Kelsey to go along with Jeff Stoutland and Brandon Brooks. Like you're you have just about as good of a of a room that you could possibly learn from. Like it's it's great, it's great, and I just I'm fully confident that that guy is going to be a player in a couple of years, and hopefully, um, if he isn't. Maybe you can go to D-Tackle or something. I don't know. Like that guy just looks like an absolute beast, and the fact that they took him just in the seventh round because he's a freak athlete and we'll figure it out. And Jeff Outland so good at his job that he'll figure it out. It's just like it, this team is this team is playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers, and, and that's exactly how I feel about the Philadelphia Eagles. It's they, they are they are they are just steps ahead of everyone else. Other things, um, I'm out on Donnell Pumphrey. The Counterpoint Podcast uh, official statement is that Denell Pumphrey is a complete and utter waste of time. Um out on Denell Pumphrey, the fact that this guy just can't get up to play a football game when you know you're about to get cut is an utter embarrassment. Um I know he was fourth round pick last year, but I would just much rather roll with Josh Adams. And like shout out to the rest of the NFL for just letting good running backs not get drafted in the Eagles and just pick them up off <laughs> off the, the scrap heap. Last year Corey Clement, this year Josh Adams. Like how did Josh Adams not get drafted? that's ridiculous. So, um, the Eagles obviously pick him up and he's going to, he's probably gonna turn out to be a good productive player for this team. And just like shout out to the rest of the NFL for making this so easy for the, for the Philadelphia Eagles. It is easy. It's easy at this point. Like how he's just rolling out of bed with his beard. Like God, this league is so stupid. Anyway. Uh, other thing from, from listen, there was a lot of, there was a lot of penile references or slash testicular fortitude references, Just all over, just all over the Eagles this week. First came out that Doug considers it an honor when he's called Big Balls Doug, which like he answered in such like a like we've said it before in this podcast. But Doug Peterson is collectively our dad. Like Doug Peterson is just your average dad on who happens to be a Super Bowl winning. Head coach, He's your average dad. That you know, I Doug Peterson loves a good grill. I uh, love loves a good grill sesh with some Budweiser. Like that's my version of Doug Peterson. The summer, like, hey, yo, the boys come over, bring your friends over. Doug's out of the back cooking, uh, grilling up some chicken, some burgers, some dogs with a Budweiser in his hand. Uh, he is flexing the coaching calves. He's just wearing the ring nonchalantly. Um, and now, it, and like for him to answer the question, like. I think it's an honor to be called Big Ball's Duck. And he started off with a gosh, because of course he did. A uh, lot, lot, of, lot, of, lot of references to the groin region with the Eagles this week, because, of course, you have Chris Long and and Fletcher Cox breaking out the Everyone Loves Long Cox on television. Of course, Dave Spadera was like, mm, well, that was too much fun for me, so uh, back to you, Scott Graham and Mike Mayock. Oh, but I uh, much appreciate it. Much appreciated. The fact that Fletcher Cox can go from mauling uh, offensive linemen to then talking about long cox on television is, it's, 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 that's, that's some talent. That's some true talent. So the Seagulls team is the best. Well, we've said it before. We'll say it again. They are the absolute best. They make me laugh. They make me smile. And they make me cry tears of joy. Seagulls team is everything. Uh, another thing I saw this week Eric Rowe made the Super Bowl champion mural. So this is from uh, Rohan Singh on Twitter, who is a, a Counterpoint listener, uh, also a Suns fan. Which is like, what are you? What are you a Suns fan for? Anyway, um, he tweeted out a picture of the mural, and Eric Rowe was on it, getting torched by Alshon Jeffrey. I, I feel like, I feel like this was a dig at Chip. I feel like it was just a little, in my, in my opinion, it, it was Howie said, hey, hey, m- mural maker, uh, I need. Eric Rowe getting torched by Alshon Jeffrey because I know how mad it would make chip. So good on Howie for, for making sure that Eric Rowe made the mural. Um, and finally, Darius guys towards ACL, uh, which is just another win for bearded Howie. Uh, like we talked about during the draft process, Darius guys tried to fight Howie Roseman. Uh, it, it, you know, he Darius guys threatened to, to shove Howie in a locker and this is how Howie gets his revenge. I told you. Like I, I tried to, I tried to warn the rest of the NFL. I tried to, do, I tried to do it. I, I said on last week's podcast that bearded Howie is just a, a a terrifying individual. I know he looks measly. I know he looks like half a man. But Howie Roseman is a whole man with a beard. And you crossed Howie, Darius, guys. You crossed Howie, and guess what? Howie won because Howie always wins. So just listen, when Howie comes calling, when bearded Howie comes calling, whoever, whoever is out there, just give up the first round pick for Nick Foles. You're going to do it anyway. Just know you're going to lose. And Darius Geis, he paid the price for, for messing with bearded Howard Roseman. I'm sorry. I hate to I hate to see it happen to you, Washington, but it's bearded Howie. Like what, what did you, what did you think was going to happen? You were going to win? <laughs> rookies rookie mistake on Darius guys just a total rookie mistake on total rookie mistake on Darius guys part on Un- unbelievable they, they'll learn the NFL is slowly starting to learn about Savage Howie and Bearded Howie and I tried to warn them but I can only do so much so uh let's get to the game this week so this week is one of the most important weeks of the Eagles season I know it's only preseason week number two and I know On the whole, it doesn't sound like it's going to be that important of a week. But this is, I would argue, outside of maybe three games during the regular season. I think this is one of the four most important weeks of the season. And it's because the Eagles are heading back to Gillette Stadium for the first time post-winning the Super Bowl. They have an opportunity for three and a half hours... You just troll the New England Patriots for a full three hours, three and a half hours. They're the Patriots. Their fans, Bill Belichick. I'm sure Alex Guerrero will be there. Giselle? no, G- Giselle doesn't do doesn't do preseason football. Brady's gonna play, and I I just think this is this would be it would be a a missed opportunity to not spend three and a half hours just trolling the shit out of the New England Patriots for three and a half hours. And this is how, this is my guideline to handling this week if I was Doug. So I have laid out the perfect plan for Doug Peterson. Um, Doug is a guy who is all about the the big balls, confident mantra now. Doug is a changed man. Remember year one, Doug, he was kind of like, ah, you know, I'm kind of nervous. I kind of said, gosh, and No one really trusts me or thinks I'm that smart. Doug Doug is a completely changed man now. Doug's a Super Bowl champion. And to just go up there for three and a half hours and just play a football game is is doing your team a disservice, Doug. It is doing Jeff Lurie a disservice. It is doing Howie Roseman a disservice. And most importantly... It is doing the fans of your team an absolute disservice. Ever since the Eagles have won the Super Bowl, it has been a, a non-stop troll from Eagles fans to every other fan base in the entire NFL. You know, all the other fan bases said to us, hey, get back to us when you win a Super Bowl. We won a Super Bowl, and we're in their faces about it because they told us to come back when we won the Super Bowl. And guess what we did? So for three and a half hours on Thursday night, the Eagles have a chance to... Have that last really great troll job. And this is how I would play it if I was Doug. I'm going to lay out Doug's outfit for you. So Doug is going to show up wearing golf shorts. And he's going to wear golf shorts. We don't want pants, Doug. We're not going long pants. We're going golf shorts because you got to show off the coaching calves. The coaching calves are one of the main reasons why this team was Super Bowl champions. So the the coaching calves are important to, to flex all over New England. Gonna wear black Nikes with ankle socks, the ankle socks accentuate the the calf, the calf that we talk about. So you can't have a, a, a sock getting in the way of your gorgeous calves, Doug. And the black Nikes are just a power move, as always. A Super Bowl fifty two logo. The big the big black watch that he wears, of course, a, a staple of Doug Peterson's style. Um, he wears that because it, it makes his vein on his forearm pop, and I need I need veins popping on Thursday night. He's wearing the Super Bowl Fifty Two polo, fresh out. These like, there's no you're not wearing the generic Eagles logo. I need the Fifty Two polo. Make can have the Eagles on the freaking of the eagle in the front. Just make sure the arms have the Super Bowl Fifty Two on it and all that stuff. Like you, you you're wearing that polo, Doug. It has to be like what you wore to the combine, but better. This this Doug doesn't have to do, but if he really wanted to sell it, maybe a fresh little back tat that just says Super Bowl Fifty Two champs on it, and you know it cuts out of the polo, and you, you can clearly see it. So for three and a half hours, that side of the stadium just has to see Doug's back tat. Now you don't have to do that, Doug, but if you if you really wanted to sell it on this elaborate troll job. A back tat is a good idea. I don't think Doug is gonna get a back tat, but I, I definitely would be down for it. He's going to enter in with the 41 to 33 flag draped, acro- draped across his back. He's gonna be carrying that, uh, and then he's gonna he's gonna drop it as the game is about to start. As the first as the first kick is 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 underway, he's going to drop it. A ball boy is going to run, pick it up, take it straight to the flag bearers. And they're going to hang that in replacing the normal Eagles flag that they have for when they score touchdowns. Now I don't know if they're going to bring that; they may not usually bring that to away preseason games. But I think in this case, they have to do it. So, so he's going to he's going to walk in to the stadium, not to the stadium, to the start of the game with the forty-one to thirty-three flag draped across his back. As soon as game starts, dropped, ball boy gets it, takes it to the flag bearer. So when the Eagles score touchdowns and many many touchdowns and don't stop scoring touchdowns. They're going to run around the field with the 41 to 33 flag flying proud. Um Doug as we as we well know is a big visor guy. So his visor is not going to be again the generic Eagles on the visor. It's going to have 41 to 33 on it. Simple enough. Simple enough, but gets the message across. This is a power move. Doug is a, Doug is a, a very good guy that is uh, very prompt and it shows respect to other teams. Except when the game kind of starts and then he just starts being big balls, Doug. Um, but if I was Doug, I'm late to the on-field meeting with Belichick. You know, let Belichick think for a second. Let Belichick know that there's a new sheriff in town. I would be late to the on-field meeting with Belichick, just just because I know Belichick is a, is a very prompt guy, and the fact that he would have to wait and kiss the ring of Doug Peterson is something that I've thought about for months. So, Doug, late. Late to the on-field meeting. Send a message to Bill Belichick that this is... This is there's a new sheriff in town, and they lost the Super Bowl last year. Onside kick first play. Now, I don't know if the Eagles are going to receive, but... If they are kicking first, I want an onside kick just to send a message. This is all about sending messages across across, across enemy lines. I want the Philly special, Doug. This is, this, is, this is the most important thing. If you take nothing, Doug, I know you're listening to the podcast. If you take nothing from what I have laid out for you so far, take this one thing. Just run the Philly special for old time's sake. Break out the Philly special. And if the Patriots stop it, it's a win. Because, like, guess what? You didn't stop that six months ago. If they don't stop it again, oh, my God. If they don't stop it again, you get, you get, you get the, the camera panning to Bill Belichick, who has probably dropped his clipboard and just is glaring across the field at Doug Peterson. I want a live cam on Matt Patricia. Like, Matt Patricia may not know this, but I have bugged his house, and there's, there are cameras in there for a live feed of the Eagles running the Philly special just so I can see Matt Matt Patricia's face one more time please Doug for the love of God run the Philly special one more time it would piss off all of those fans it is a win-win because if they stop it you can make fun of them for not stopping it six months earlier if you if you score again on it you have Bill Belichick Thinking about ways he's going to kill you, Matt Patricia would have to put down his bag of chips, the same blank stare, slash cold sweats from the Super Bowl six months prior. It's it's an absolute win win situation, and there is n- if, if you take one thing from from this whole tutorial, Doug, on how to handle Thursday, that's what I want. The Philly special one more time for old time's sake, and f- my final point, Doug. No punts. No mercy. Fourth down everything. Don't care. Run it down their throats. And that's all I got to say about that. And it's time for the Counterpoint Mailbag, which you can always email at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. Uh, so Randy Harn, it's a, it's a three-part series of, of him and his Seahawks fan girlfriend and Randy chimes in says Jack Randy here for another follow up. My girlfriend was almost appalled at your response when I thought it was warranted and responsible. Thank you, War- warranted and reasonable. Uh, she just wanted me. She just wanted me to tell you to fuck your chicken strips, even though I do not condone this behavior. Well, that's just a weird response. Fuck your chicken strips. Doesn't make any sense. I, d- I never heard the term fuck your chicken strips, but okay. Uh, and he said he follows it up with but I'm happy to know I don't have to wear any Seahawks gear thanks for the expert insight Jack and go birds GB's okay well it's GB's um, alright so from Jim Gron grain I don't know Gron I have an old Eagles snapback and the strap broke off of it week two of last season my mom is handy with a sewing machine and she told me she would fix it for me she never got around to it and left it alone once she noticed how well the eagles are playing and I never mentioned to her Mention it to her for the the same reason. She asked me if she wants me to fix it for this upcoming season, or do I leave it as is and never wear it again, as the Eagles were never Super Bowl champs with it intact? Appreciate the help, disease Eagles, Jim. Man, well, first off, mad respect to your mom for, one, getting it, and mad respect to you, Jim, for also getting it. And uh, I just envision in your household, like your mom would come downstairs, you'd get home from school or whatever, and you'd both give each other a little, like, head nod, and you both get it, like, don't touch that fucking snapback. Um, now, I'm a big proponent to changing up changing up superstitions from years prior. However, I think that snapback breaking was what was really holding the Eagles back. and it was it was kind of like the levy for the entire Eagles. And when that snapback broke, it just unleashed the Eagles on the rest of the league. So, Jim, I think the best way to go about this is to enshrine your hat. Never wear it again. It is, it is done. It has done its purpose. It has done its job. But I would never wear that Eagle snapback again. I would, I would enshrine it. Maybe give it a little retirement ceremony. But uh, I would never wear that Eagle's hat again. It, it did its job, Jim. From the Lenny Show. Uh, Dear Jack, please excuse the typos in this email as I'm voice recording this while I'm on the road. Oh, that'll go well, because I do so well with reading. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about Carson Wentz and his newfound hobby of having sexual relations with his wife. Oh, super. I have read a few studies about sex and how it affects people in sports, and this is what I've come up with. Men should not have intercourse within 24 to 48 hours of competing in any sport. The reason being the release of testosterone reduces their ability to perform at the highest level. This is especially true for fighters and UFC... Fighters, they're the same thing, right? Um, But I'm sure it pertains to the quarterback position in the NFL. This is also why testosterone is a banned substance. So as long as Carson and his wife do not have sex, sex within 24 to 48 hours before game day, he should be all good and filled with testosterone and ready to kick some ass. Now, if Carson does have an off day where he does not perform at his highest level, we now have an excuse and can blame his wife and their door, (laughs) therefore demand a divorce or a break from sexual intercourse during football season. I think that's rational. It's a rational point, Lenny. Um, Um... Considering that Carson has most likely began his NFL career as a virgin due to the fact of his hardcore dedication to Christianity, it makes me nervous that Carson might not know about the 24 to 48 hour rule before game day. But since I'm confident that Carson is a listener of this podcast and in the trust tree, I felt that he should hear it from us. So please, Carson, no sex 24 to 48 hours before game day. You might want to make it just 48 hours to be safe. On a side note, when Carson and his wife, do begin to have children. I'm guessing they're born between November and December, considering it is a nine-month window following the Super Bowl because of the fact that they'll be celebrating yet another Eagles Super Bowl win. I'm guessing four to six children, which will be roughly the amount of rings Carson will have by the end of his career. Uh, thanks for reading, Joey Breena. So it's Joey Breen, not Lenny. Uh, P.S. How's the Phillies podcast coming? Well, if you're a fan of me and you're a fan of James Seltzer, another member of GB's radio, we do have a Phillies podcast called the high hopes podcast that I think you would all enjoy greatly. Now I have gotten some complaints because I talk on, I get really serious about my baseball uh, and like pitching and stuff and people have, mentioned to me that they have to change their mindset heading into an episode of High Hopes because they know it's completely different than Counterpoint. So just change your mindset if you do check out a High Hopes, but please check it out because we have a lot of fun doing it. Anyway, yeah, so Carson, listener to the podcast in the trust tree. And this is from this is from the listeners of this podcast to you, Carson. You need a 48-hour rule. Uh and to know I know you're going to have a tough time with a 48-hour rule, Carson. Um so in my service this i'm also getting married in like 11 days i'm totally calm i too will implement a 48 hour rule before i record this podcast fair is fair carson i will i will sacrifice as well you can sacrifice and we can all just be merry and win a lot of Super Bowls. i think that's i think that's a fair way to go about this from raymond hodges hey jack disease eagles fans since 1976 holy crap I did not know that uh, people over the age of like 30 listen to this podcast so that's mildly terrifying just kidding Raymond uh, okay here we go uh, hey Jack to these Eagles fan since 1976 raised and living in the lower Hudson Valley in New York now the Eagles won the Super Bowl I can I feel like I can die in peace but hopefully not too soon yeah I mean Raymond come on don't go don't go dying on us um, I wanted to write this to you weeks ago but time just got away my apologies it's okay so I meet my two sons in NYC to attend the Phillies Mets game last month on July 10th. Now, full disclosure, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but try not to hold this against me. I raised my voice correctly, and all three are diseased Eagles fans in their adult life. Anyway, we decided to go to Citi Field to catch a ball game since the Mets are absolutely putrid and they're playing the Phillies. I decided to wear my vintage 1979 Wilbur Montgomery jersey, which I wore religiously every Sunday last year, figuring it would appropriately annoy any Giants fan in attendance. Truthfully, I had my reservations about doing it, but I figured between me and my sons, we would be able to handle and potentially any potentially aggressive New York fans who might get aggravated since the Mets and Giants both suck and we are world champions. Well, to my pleasant surprise, I was hardly alone in Eagles attire. As I waited for my sons to arrive via the subway, hundreds of fans off the train were also donned in Eagles attire. Go birds could be heard everywhere. When my sons arrived, also in Eagles gear, we confidently proceeded into the stadium, now knowing there were other diseased Eagles fans among us. Well, we're not sure if they were diseased Eagles fans. We're not 100% sure. Anyway, um, but it was much more than that, as literally every section was dominated by either Midnight Green, Kelly Green, or Phillies Red. But beyond that, the best moments came with each Phillies home run. After every dinger the Phillies hit, and there were three that night, the stadium broke out into E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles chants. I swear I thought I was at the link. After the seventh inning stretch and take me out to the ballgame, the Eagles fight song broke out. and It was amazing. Point of all this is that not only do Eagles fans take over opponent's stadium during football season, we also take over opponent's stadiums during all sports And to do it in NYC was especially sweet and one of the uh, coolest live sports moments in my life. What do you think about organizing a trip to the Texas Rangers Stadium outside of Dallas and taking over that pathetic stadium as well? Uh, One other comment, as I watch the Jet Falcon game and see see that Matt Ryan's backup is Matt Shaw. I realize how good we have with Foles and Studfeld behind Wentz. Uh, Eagles fans should all appreciate how how he strokes. So that was, just a, that was just a story about Eagles fans being amazing. And just add it to the list. Ever since the draft in 2017, we just have taken over the world. Um, from Trey Wannabe. Um, hey, Jack. Faithful member of the Trust Tree. Sad that Barcher didn't take into account continued awkwardness. We'll face with the naming of the Goat Bird Pod. Um, but I think I've come up with a better name for it. Midnight Green City. Thoughts? Well... I can't do anything about it. So, but yes, we will live through this awkward period with the name uh, from Troy Branchini. Now that the Eagles have signed Christian Hackenberg, has it introduced a feeling? No, has it introduced a feeling? No other QB on the roster is safe. Does it feel as if Wentz and Foles have immediately been added to the, to the trade block? Hopefully, someone will be willing to trade for one of those broken down, injury prone quarterbacks who could not who could only hope not to have to be subjected to throw against alongside Hackenberg. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they're going to like I, I like, like I, I pretty much loathe Christian Hackenberg and like, I don't know. It's just so it's so dumb. But yeah, no, I think I think both Carson and, and Nick Foles should be on the hot seat because Hackenberg's in town. So, I mean, watch out from David Tomey, Jack, I'm saddened to hear that the Philly special will not be performed at the Fritz wedding. Uh, me too, buddy. Me too. Uh, these fakes keep ruining it for the rest of us and deserve to be made examples of. Next one to not ask your permission, as the Eagles fans are, gets drop kicked from an overpass. Okay, that sounds like a very fair way to go about this. Per the last pod, I think if you strip sacked your wife a la Brandon Graham as she throws the bouquet at your wedding, it would be amazing. Make sure you have a Derek Barnett, your best man, or one of her bridesmaids for this occasion because it's going to get wild, and make sure your wedding videographer knows what's coming. Here's my question. For about seven weeks, I've been seeing a woman and it's going well. I've alluded to my Eagles fandom in passing, but she obviously doesn't know that I'm a diseased Eagles fan. Do you have a guide for dating as you do parenting? If not, uh, when can we expect it to drop? Hope all is well and hope you have a great Philly special less wedding. From one diseased fan to another, you want Philly Philly? Yeah, let's do it. Um, uh, So dating. So dating is a little different than parenting. Like dating, parenting is you're you are you are directly impacting the life of a future disease Eagles fan. That's why I was so dead serious about how you have to raise your kids in a post Super Bowl era because I don't want them being raised frauds like a lot of Phillies fans became raised um, after their run. So that's why that podcast was so important. If you missed that podcast, go back and listen to the to the episode where I taught where a twenty four year old taught you how to raise your children. So <laughs> who's just moving out of his parents' house anyway. Um, for, so for dating seven weeks in David, don't worry. Don't worry about anything yet. Just have fun. Um, and you know, you can just mention you're an Eagles fan in passing. I think that's fine at the moment. Now, if it's getting serious, like you're, you want to ask her to move in, you want to ask her to get engaged and you feel like you're, you're ready for that, that talk. That's, that's a sit down conversation. That's, that's a, listen, I know I've alluded that I'm an Eagles fan, but it's just a little bit more than an Eagles fan because, and I, I know I like watching games alone, but I just think that if you're going to get to this level of seriousness, she has to watch a game with you, but she also like, she kind of just has to be like the animal planet when they're watching a jaguar in the distance. Like she just has to watch from afar just to see if she wants to be in it with you in the in the rabbit hole cuz there's going to be some dark times there always is with the eagles I know they're super bowl champions but like there's going to be dark times again and she just has to know like I think it would be doing her or him this is not just david it would be doing your potential significant other a disservice not to not to understand just what it's going to be like with the eagles so if it's getting serious I think I think you, I don't think you have to have this moment until you think it could get serious and then she has to sit there like the animal planet and just observe. Alright, from Jason Kiyami, Jack is a longtime member of the Trust Tree. Uh, I have a question for you, a very important question for you. I have some friends who weren't hardcore fans of any team and state that they're kind of rooting for the Eagles now. I would gl- be glad to accept their fandom if they swear their allegiance for life because if the Eagles are bad in a few years and they leave, this friendship is over. Proper protocol. So, like... I just wouldn't let them just root for the Eagles. Like, I, it's not that they can't. It's just that I don't think you want to be around them. Like, it's just, it's just like, what's the point? In, what's the point in hanging out if you're just going to be like, yay, go Eagles after they win the Super Bowl? Like, I mean, until, until they, until you can, it's just, it, until you can trust them once things go awry, then I don't think they can ever. You know, be diehard Eagles fans. I've I've tried to convert friends before. I've tried to do this kind of baptization and it just does. It just does. It never works for me. It's sometimes the Eagles, and it's just you're you're born into it. And if if guys try to if if guys try to jump in in their late teens, early twenties, it's never going to feel the same because part of fandom is is growing up with the team, even if you weren't born in Philadelphia. There's, there's people on this podcast that weren't born in Philadelphia, but they, they grew up liking the Eagles It was part of growing up. And to just, I think at this point in your friend's life, their brain is, is too developed to fall in love with the Eagles. So I just, I think baptizations in your early twenties, late teens is just ultimately a waste of time. Now you can still be friends with these people and maybe they'll fake it, but I just don't think that like, I think once things go bad. They're just gonna leave, and you're gonna be like, "Why did I waste my time?" So that's how I would handle it, Jason. From Todd in South Philly, uh, is Chris Thompson a legitimate RB two in PPR leagues now that Geis is out for the season? Um, yeah, I mean it's PPR, so Chris Thompson's obviously a beast in PPR, and he did not disrespect Howie Roseman, so he should be good to go this year. From Brian Coulter, dear Mister Fifty Nine Percent, yes, we had a poll on Twitter, and more people like me than Brian because Brian was getting a little snippy on Twitter. Um, and I had to remind him that I'm Jack Fritz. <laughs> just kidding. That not like a really douchey thing to say. But uh, Brian had to calm down for a second. Anyway, um, how many, how many Eagles from the Super Bowl team wind up in the Eagles Hall of Fame? A dark horse contender for me is Brandon Brooks, the rare big-money free agent signing on the O-line that got better after getting signed sincerely, Mr. 41%. So I don't think Brooks would ever make it just because... I I just don't see it. I think he's an awesome player and, and whatnot. I just... I, I don't see it. So, I would say... I would say Lane. Lane, Kelsey out of principle. Um, Peters, Wentz, Foles, Graham, Cox. Graham, Cox, Jenkins. I would put Jenkins on there. Jalen Mills is an interesting one for me. Uh, we'll see how his career progresses. Uh... Alshon, No, and Ertz, Ertz, and Selick. It's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. That's a lot of guys that are probably gonna be in the Hall of Fame. But I, I think, and obviously Doug and Howie. So that feels about right. It feels about right. None of the running backs. No, maybe we'll see what Clements' career, career, turns into. Uh, But yeah, I think I think that sounds about right. Uh, From Tyler Andrews, what is the official AFC team of the Counterpoint Podcast? Uh, I don't know. Like, do we need an AFC team? Like, do I have to do a counterpoint podcast for an AFC team? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really root for any AFC teams. I don't. I don't know if there, there would be one. I guess our comp would be the Raiders. I guess that would be our comp. Anyway, um, from Frank Fock, Fockman, uh, at another beer rep, what other sports fan base is most like Philadelphia in my mind? In my mind is it's actually Boston. And, you know, I think the last you know, since o four or really o one has kind of warped the minds of a lot of Philly sports fans because they just won for <laughs> like fifteen years straight. But I think Boston at its core is a blue collar like city that it loves their sports teams and their sports teams come first. So in my mind, I think I think that Boston's actually a lot like us. And that's why I mean, they're they did great troll jobs, too, uh, after they beat the beat the Falcons twenty eight to, to three jokes. Now we have 41 forty one thirty three jokes. So um, I see a lot of us in Boston from uh, Matt Liari. Does my hype on previous undrafted RB in Corey Clement cloud my judgment of Josh Adams or can he really be a contributor on the 53 man roster? Hashtag trustry. Yeah. So. Now I just think that every running back that get off the scrap beef is going to turn into a stud. It may. Hey, man, like I'm, we are both in the trust tree on this one because it may be clouding my judgment. I think Josh Adams is a player, man. I think he's good. I think he runs hard. I think he is smart. I can't believe he didn't get drafted. He ran for 7.7 yards per carry at Notre Dame. Um, and I just feel like they stole him. And yeah, I think he could be like a little Blunt all over again. So I'm with you. We are both in the trust tree on that one. Like I but here's the thing is that I always talk myself into like the the big training camp guy whether it's Josie, whether it's Raheem Mostert, Paul Turner, all those guys. But Corey Clement finally saved us last year. So we're not completely crazy. And there just there's a there's a bunch of candidates on this roster right now. Uh from Smarty Jones, Mary Fuck Kill, uh, Christian Hackenberg, Matt McLaurin, or Tim Tebow. Um, well, I uh I am marrying Tebow. Obviously. I guess uh I guess McGloin is the F and Hackenberg is gone. So that's how we're going to do that. Uh, That's going to do it for the counterpoint podcast. As always, I will be back next week after a very, very important preseason game up in new England. Doug, I know you listen to the podcast. Do not blow it.